Welcome back, everybody, to the Voices for Blogging podcast. You can find our podcast on the Podbean app, Apple Podcasts, and just recently, we've been added to the Google Podcasts. Moving on up. Moving on up, big boy. You can also find us and follow us on our Instagram page, at Voices for Blogging. On that note, Royce, I got some exciting news to uh, start this podcast with. Let's hear it. Um, I'm ready for the exciting news. I've been, uh, I've actually been getting some uh, feedback from some of our listeners, which confirms that we have more than two listeners. Oh, you said least. You said listeners as in plural. I got really excited. So not only, not only did I get some feedback through text message or through direct message on our, on our Instagram page at Voices for Blogging, um, some of it was face-to-face feedback. Um, so that's pretty wow. exciting. But not only did we get that, we also got a contribution from one mean, of our listeners. What do you mean by like, that? One of our listeners wanted to share some information uh, to add to our conversation. Like that's the big time, man. Uh, that's oh, no, I'm curious. You got me curious. So, you know, I mean, I think moving forward for unless we actually have our listeners on on the podcast with us we're going to kind of use code names for all these people so all right this this listener <laughs> this listener shall now moving forward be known as the dancing queen code, dancing code names queen. or nicknames code name nicknames i guess they're the same in my world i actually do this in real life to people anyway i very rarely call them by their own names anyway so the dancing queen actually sent some information about uh about the NFL that we'll kind of use later, probably in our conversation as we talk a little bit sports today, uh, as we talk a little bit about tonight's game, the Thursday night game, which my pick didn't work out the way I thought it was going to. It was kind of a last minute thing that I decided I was going to throw that out there. How about um, that game, man? That was, a, that was nutty. It was, it was a nutty game, and you know, it went it went the way I thought it would in the first half, and you know, a couple of mistakes happened in the second half, and like every any NFL game, once something happens that turns a tide or changes momentum, it's, you know, typically how the game's going to go after that. Yeah. Um, and then I think tonight we probably should talk a little bit more uh, about the markets and just kind of what's going on as we hit all-time highs in daily COVID cases. Uh, and all-time highs in the markets. <laughs> and all-time high in the markets. And we have a vaccine. We had some vaccine news since the last time we talked. Uh, so there's a lot to go over tonight. Uh, but before we go there, I just want to check in on you. How are you doing? Uh, how, how was your fishing trip? It was good. Um, I caught a lot of fish, actually. I caught 19 fish, 18 white fish, and one red snapper. Wow. So we've How'd been eating you- a lot of fish here, and honestly, I'm actually a little tired of fish right now. I don't, that, that- I don't need to see another fish for a long time. That, that's usually how it goes. What, yeah. how'd, you guys, how'd you guys prepare the red snapper? Uh, so actually the red snapper, um, one of my roommates prepared it in a, a Mexican fish dish. It was actually really good. It was, it was, it was very good. Uh, the rest of the white fish, actually, we just, uh, breaded it and, and fried it. And that was, that was pretty good as well. Um, but like I said, I'm a little, I'm a little fished out. <laughs> yeah. You didn't, you didn't turn any of that into sashimi. You guys didn't try to eat some of that raw? No, no. You know, it, it was interesting because yeah, we caught it and it was obviously it was fresh because we just caught it out of the ocean. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know whether it's the environment that they live in or, you know, maybe just in the one day that it took 
that was sitting in the refrigerator, but it kind of had a little bit of a fishy fish smell and just a tint, just a hint of that. So there's going to be a little bit of that naturally with certain fish. Um, shelf life for fish is not straight across the board the same. And anytime, if were your fish uh, filleted, are they filleted in your, yes. in your refrigerator or are they whole in your refrigerator? They were filleted. Yeah. So once you fillet the fish, you know, you're also, you're exposing the meat to oxygen unless you're vacuum sealing that stuff. So it's already decaying on, on, on the shelf life side of things. Yeah. Um, so certain fish really after about a day, after about a day or two, like the shelf life really isn't much more than that. Even if it's right off the boat, wow, um, there's certain fish like ahi, ahi, the different, the different types of ahi have different types of shelf life. So here in Hawaii, we, we catch a lot and we sell a lot of the big eye ahi. The big eye ahi actually has a shelf life of roughly three weeks. Wow. If, if taking care of properly, we can, we can keep that stuff really for 21 days from out of the water. Um, yellowfin tuna, yellowfin ahi probably has a shelf life of about half of that, give or take. But it definitely all depends on how you take care of it. You don't expose it to water. You don't expose it to air. So there's a whole bunch of ways, you know, you got to procure your fish to kind of make it last. So that's why a lot of times the vacuum ceiling is the way to go, take all the oxygen out of there. Um, so you can freeze it sometimes because there's, like you said, there's only so much you can eat at one time. Yeah. That, that's what, maybe that's what I'll do next time is I have a vacuum sealer here. I'll vacuum seal it as soon as I get home. And that way, hopefully Correct. it'll stay a little bit. I mean, trust me, it wasn't bad at all. Like, right. it was, it was very, 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 very small. So it, it was good. But just kind of surprised you because the smell was a little more fishier than you thought it would be for something. Oh yeah, for sure. Fresh. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was literally yeah. the next day that I started mm-hmm. opening those Ziploc, Ziploc bag and there was that a little bit of that smell and I was, I was surprised. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and like I said, that's just how it goes. And, and certain fish sometimes just have more of a smell than others. You know, yeah. there's a, there's a little bit of that. Uh, it's kind of like, kind of like when they cook mackerel, right? Mackerel just has a lot stronger of a smell than some, yeah. than some other fish. Right. So just certain fish, you know, in and by itself, just have a, a little stronger smell that, and you know, for some people, that that's enough of a turnoff where they don't want to eat the fish. But you know, when you, <coughs> when you cook fish, I mean, that that's usually that's your sign that you shouldn't eat it raw. Just cook it. It'll be just fine. Yeah. Um, oh, one of the dirt, I was going to say, one of the dirty secrets that people don't know in the restaurant business is if you eat ahi that's fully cooked all the way through, you can't not, tell. not medium and all that. Yeah. That ahi, that ahi before they throw it on the grill is not red. It's brown. It's mm-hmm. almost fully, it's almost fully brown. So there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, it's just that it can't be eaten raw at that point. At that point, you just need to cook it. Just put it in shoyu and fry it yeah. in the pan. Right. Or, you know, people do ahi katsu, garlic ahi, fried poke. You know, well, all fried poke is is leftover poke that they couldn't sell, so they fried it and gave it to you. Yeah. You, you don't want to expose those dirty secrets of the, the restaurant industry, <laughs> though, man. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> all again, the leftovers. Again, audience of 17, you know, so. <laughs> just want to, inf- I want to inform our audience on how to pick the right things to eat at a restaurant. Yeah. So <laughs> there the, are definitely the, things on the menu you stay away from. Yeah, definitely. Like the uh, spicy tuna. <laughs> <laughs> let's lather it. Let's lather it in a ton of mayonnaise, and you won't even know. <laughs> Spice it up. You can't yes. tell. You won't even yeah. tell. So the the fishing trip actually, uh, we ended up going out of Long Beach, and for one spot on the boat, I think it was it was either forty dollars or eighty dollars. I don't remember exactly right now. 
But what actually ended up happening is that, so this boat typically takes out about like 38 people. So there's 38 mm-hmm. slots in the boat. Mm-hmm. But, you know, because of the season and, you know, maybe things that are happening with the virus, we actually only had uh, outside of our group, which was about six, okay. two other people. So there were eight people on right. this boat that typically takes out 38. Wow. Yeah, and we caught, I want to say, probably about like 90 fish between everyone. That's great action, though. I mean, the captain's definitely taking you guys places where you're getting action, man. No one can complain about that. No, no one can complain about that. I mean, we had the whole boat to ourselves. You know, everyone that was on the boat was super, super cool, very Uh attentive. Like, we moved from spot to spot, caught a lot of fish. Right, right. It was a great experience. Were you guys trolling or were you guys guys bottom fishing? Bottom fishing. Oh, how'd you do with that? Because bottom fishing can be challenging for people. You know, you're sitting there in the water, anchored, and that boat's rocking side to side. How'd you do with your seasickness? How were your sea legs? Oh, I'm, I'm good. So there were two people that got seasick that obviously don't fish very often. Uh, one of them, I felt bad for him because immediately, as soon as we left the harbor, he was sick. And he was oh, out wow. for the entire day. And oh, the wow. entire day he was out, just lying down, passed out on the boat because he was so sick. No. So while the boat is moving, he had a hard time. Yes. Wow, that's rough. It was rough. I mean, that's we, rough. we were out there for, I want to say, like, 10 hours we left at six in the morning got back around five yeah it's probably 11 hours 11 hours and he just slept for 11 hours he just slept for 11 hours basically wow yeah did not catch a fish because he barely went fishing yeah you guys said was the food good on the boat you guys eat you guys drink a little bit was was it byob or you had to buy drinks from them no you had you had to you could buy drinks from the galley uh there was food in the galley breakfast burritos you know burgers uh, all kinds of stuff and beers so it, it was it was a really good uh, it was a really good trip. We we got lucky, obviously. Uh, that's a fantastic trip, man. When you know, next time you come home, let's go get some guys together and get on a boat, man. Yeah, you know, the only thing I would say about like I've been going on uh, this is my second trip now, all day fishing trip. The only thing I would say is that both right. times when I've come back home, man, the ground is just still rocking. Yeah. Like, Ground moves, man. The ground it, like, it moves. It definitely moves for a while. By the time it moves you get, for you get a while. Home. The last, the last time was really bad. Like the first time I went was really bad. I came back home and just standing up and <laughs> walking around the house. It feels like the whole house is shaking. This time it wasn't as bad for whatever reason. But yeah, luckily I don't get uh-huh. sick either. So, yeah. eleven hours though. Eleven hours. That's a long time. That's a long, long time. time to be out. Yeah. Uh, so we left. Yeah, we left from this place called Pierpoint Landing in Long Beach, and so the boat was called the Enterprise, actually. Oh, Starship yeah. Enterprise. Starship nice. Enterprise, yeah. You know, you can actually, you can actually go look up on. Uh, I think it's on the California Fishing and Wildlife site and see how many fish mm-hmm. people caught, what types of fish people caught, because uh, they have to report that stuff, right? So it's actually really interesting. Uh, they did that for the last right. boat that we were on too, as well. Is that your typical kind of catch? Though a bunch of white fish and snapper. Actually, we caught we caught a lot more fish <laughs> than I thought we did. It was ninety white fish. 82 rockfish, say, with- 12 sheephead, uh-huh. and two sand bass. So it's funny because everyone sent pictures of themselves like cooking the fish and cutting it all up and what they made with it. So it's kind of cool to see what people did. Oh, uh, cute. You guys, you guys started a little photo album with, your, with each other? A little bit, yes. Yeah, it's, it's a little text thread. But so, so interesting, this, there's another boat that was on a two-day boat what? that went five days earlier, and they caught 73 mm-hmm. bluefin tuna and 29 yellowtail. They caught 73 blue fins? Yep. And 29 yellowtail. 
You need to get on that boat. That's the boat I want to be on. Yeah, but it's a two-day, looks like. They caught bluefin, dude. They caught Pacific bluefin. So for, for our audience that doesn't know, the, the two types of bluefin we typically have would be the Pacific bluefin, which is caught near Mexico. And then we have the Atlantic bluefin that's caught all over the East Coast, what you see in Wicked Tuna. And then you also have the Spanish bluefin out in Europe. As far as fat content, the Pacific bluefin tends to be the leaner of the three, but still delicious. I think it's probably all delicious. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> having, having eaten all of them and cut all of them, they're delicious. All right. Well, that sounds like a great fishing trip, Royce. So you want to move on to our NFL weekend and extend it to what happened tonight? Let's do it. So overall for the weekend, we went uh, two and two. Uh, I was two and one, and, uh, and I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you talk about your pick. <laughs> this reminds me of the one season that I quit gambling because <laughs> I started the season so bad, <laughs> and this is it. But if you were to take my advice and do the opposite, you'd be doing great right now. <laughs> uh, I mean, to go over our picks for for last this past Sunday, you had KC minus ten. Oh man. And and our audience doesn't know this, but you and I texted about this, and I was telling you from the beginning, this is not the pick, man. This is yeah, not the pick. No, it, <laughs> it, went, it could have gone. It could have gone two ways. This, this is the way that I thought it could go, right? I mean, it could go the way that you mentioned, where you know the Panthers are going to be able to run the ball, they're going to be able to move the ball, they're going to kill the clock, and obviously. Running the ball, killing the clock. Kansas City has less time to score. Their offense is not on the field. The Panthers can stay in the game. Yep. And my thinking was, hey, it could go the other way where if Kansas City goes up two touchdowns or two scores, Panthers are going to be forced to go with, to pass instead of run. There's an opportunity for Kansas City to score you know, a lot more points. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it did not go that way. It didn't go that <laughs> it way. It did not go that way at all. Well, and some of that is that you know, for the Panthers – you know, that's just one of those teams in the NFL right now. You still want to play. You yeah. Know, that, that's a team that's starting to kind of really get their groove. And they got McCaffrey back last week and he had yep. a big game. He got hurt again, but he had a big game. And, you know, they're, they're running a version of the Saints offense, which is very much predicated on making sure you get completions. You know, it's not about taking the ball downfield all day. It's about making completions, yep. kind of catching a lot of yak take advantage of possession receivers and then taking shots downfield using your running backs in the passing game on a lot of what we call free releases where these guys just get out there and they're oh. open and it's hard to cover them. And that's what's happening. You, you know, you put McCaffrey out in open space, you get the ball in quickly. You see the success they have with Mike Davis in the last, you know, in the last few weeks when McCaffrey's been out, that's yeah. just makes him a scary, you know, a scary team, you know, and Teddy Bridgewater, it's a solid NFL quarterback. You know, it's not, you know, it's not anything that it's going to be a world beat or anything like that. So, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, he, he does enough to give you a chance to win. You know, he does. I mean, he's a good fit for that offense. You know, he's fairly accurate. I mean, he can move around. It's just, it's a, it's a good team. It's a scary team, you know? Yeah. You know, or, or they're definitely good enough to prevent a team from going to the playoffs to, to pull a big game here and there. You know, I mean, this weekend, they, they, they're going to see Brady and the Buccaneers. I don't see that happening this weekend. I, I think Brady and Buccaneers kind of bounce back and, you know, make up for last week. It's just kind of... Yeah, they got... They're, they there's no way they're that bad as they showed yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. They're, 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 they're not as bad as they showed on Sunday. The, the, the Saints were just healthy. You see the potential of the Saints. You know, that was more about you see the potential of the Saints. You know, with everyone back, watch out. Let's see what happens in the next coming weeks. Yeah. Um, 
The other picks for the week, uh, my almost weekly overbet on the Raiders, they uh, they give it up. They just give it up. <laughs> That's just what they do. They, they uh, give it up. Offensively, yeah. they'll challenge you, and they're they all definitely fall in the category of a team you don't want to play. Because if they show up that day, like the like the Saints found out on on that Monday night, if they show up, they they can beat anybody. Yeah, you know, with that strong running game and and Derek Carr kind of distributing the ball and taking care of the ball for the most part. And so that game came through. I had we had the Falcons over. Uh, the Falcons don't have a problem scoring this year. They have a problem stopping people. So that <laughs> that over under at forty nine seemed like a pretty easy bet. Uh, but they're on a roll. Look out! They're on a roll. When you look at you look at the NFL talk about expanding the playoffs. The NFL is looking to expand it to eight games, uh, eight teams for the playoffs if they don't finish the season. Like they're in the hunt. Yeah, All of a sudden they're in the hunt. You no, know, they they are definitely turning it around now. I mean, they've always had a good offense. There's just a defense that usually. I mean, that's what cost them the Super Bowl, right? Is their defense couldn't close it. But their offense is always going to be good. I mean, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones back, right? Yeah. Like, come on. Plus, they have great colors. I mean, it's impressive, too, because Calvin Ridley did, really didn't even play. That's one thing. They're going to look good. Even if they lose, they're still going to look good. So Black and red, man. There's always that. So I was pretty confident about I was pretty confident about those picks. Um, throw the dice on the Monday night game and get a fourth pick and go with the Pats on a minus nine. Uh, I don't think anyone expected uh, the duel between Joe Flacco and Cam Newton to be so entertaining. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Joe Flacco had moments where he looked like Joe Flacco. He like, looked like Joe, Joe Flacco, Flacco of the Bobby yeah. Ravens. He looked for, yeah, like from the <laughs> like Ravens from the Super Bowl championship yeah. years. <laughs> right. So, you know, in the end, of course, they're still the Jets. And they're like, they're like uh, one of our listeners who, I've, you know, we've nicknamed Owen. The one that hasn't, uh, the one that hasn't won a fantasy game, he is now Owen Nine, so his nickname is now Owen. Um, I, I, you know what? I'm rooting for you, Owen. I'm rooting, <laughs> I'm rooting for you, man. Uh, you gotta get one. I mean, I told him if he goes, if he goes winless, he's coming on the show, and we're, we're gonna talk about his lack of fantasy prowess. But um, hey, Royce, remember when I was telling you we had a listener, the Dancing Queen, that sent sent me some uh, information that she wanted me to share or maybe add to our conversation in our episode? I did. I'm, I'm curious. So I don't know which episode she was listening to, but uh, she texted me an article about the NFL franchise values and, and their net income. Okay, so this, this is going to be interesting. So this is interesting. Who do you think, which, which franchise do you think is worth the most and how much do you think it's worth? Wow. In football, huh? Yep, this is the NFL. That's I want to say, I'm going to say the Patriots. Close. They're number two. And they're valued at about $4.2 billion. I think they were number one at one point. No, I think the number one is always been the number one. Dallas? Absolutely. Interesting. This is why... This, this is why Jerry Jones can't afford to lose because, well, first of all, his franchise is worth over $5.5 billion, according to this source. And their net income annually ranges somewhere between 400 to $450 million. Wow. You know what? I can, I can guarantee you, though, they're not going to make that much this year. Well, they won't make that much this year. Um, because I think part of their so what what I'm curious about to find out is is the stadium in this worth and I think it is the stadium is in the franchise value. Does Jerry Jones own it? He paid. Yes, he, he paid. Is, this is his. Yeah, he it's paid a billion dollars for it, right? Yeah. So 
so I believe it is worth in there. And I think part of the reason where that net income, so I don't think, so I'm curious to see if other activities at that stadium get put into their income. Yeah. You know, like concerts, college yep. football games and all that yep. kind of stuff. Right. So the Patriots are second. Who do you think is the lowest value team in NFL? Wow. That's a good question. Uh, I'm going to say it's got to be one of the bad teams. Like maybe like the Jaguars or who else? I don't think it's Miami. Uh, so to help you out a little bit, Miami is pretty much in the middle of the pack. Yeah. And they are, they're worth a, a shade under $3 billion. Yep. The lowest value we have on this, on this graph here that I'm looking at, this graphic I'm looking at, the lowest value is $2 billion. Which $2 NFL team do you think that is? And would you want to buy this franchise for $2 billion? Gosh, I can't. It's got to be like one of those teams that are just terrible year after year. The Jets? No, the Jets are, the Jets are in New York City and they're owned by the Johnson family. They're, yeah. they're, they're highly valued. So the Jets are about $3.5 billion. Let me give you, let me, let me give you a, a clue for this team. Kijana Carter. The Bengals. The Cincinnati Bungles are <laughs> worth Bengals. $2 billion with a net income of less than $100 million. You want to talk about the haves and the have-nots in the league? Like you see that, I mean, it's still a lot of money, don't get me wrong. But the, is- disparity, this, this, the, this, the disparity between how much net income between the top and the bottom is pretty big. It's pretty big. And, and the payback, like, so say you were actually buy the Bengals or the Bungles for $2 billion. Your payback is like 20 years. That's, that's a long time. It's not great. That's what on the net income part, right? No, that's now, not of great. course, right. But, but you do know you're not going to lose the value for the most part. You know, sports franchises have only gone up over time. Because in- once in a while, because once in a while, you'll have a Steve Ballmer that shows up and overpays for the Clippers. <clears throat> okay, dude. Yeah. Hey, you might want to take a test right now. No, but, but that's the, the thing about um, franchises. You know, they, like, they, they, they tend to go up in value. Historically, that might be true. But there could always, <sighs> you could always be that one time where it doesn't. It could, but oh, we've also been through. We've also been through about what three financial calamities in the last twenty years, if not four. Yeah, it's been a lot. And I mean, it, oh my goodness. But it hasn't affected the values of these of these franchises. Yeah, that's true. So bringing up the rears, bringing up the rears, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Buffalo Bills, the Lions, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Brady's definitely going to help. I with think. That, I think in the next couple of years, Brady's change. Brady's changing the value of the Buccaneers in the next couple of years. Yeah, for sure. And just their just their success. So uh, their success alone, the Seahawks and all these other teams that you know have experienced a lot of success over the last few years with great ownership too. You when you talk about the Seahawks, you're always going to talk about the great ownership of the late Paul Allen and his family, what they've done for a whole city, really, of Seattle, yeah. not just the not just the Seahawks. You know what's sad about Detroit is that they had arguably the greatest running back, the most exciting running back in NFL history, and they couldn't do anything with that. Isn't that sad? Well, and at one point in time, they had the, the best wide receiver in football, and they could do nothing with that also. Yeah. And at one point in time, yeah. one point in time, they drafted a wide receiver in the first round for three straight years. <laughs> yeah, they did that too. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, the good old Matt Millen years. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and they couldn't even beat Chicago with Calvin Johnson. Well, he is the reason why they had the you have to survive the ground rule. It, that is, I remember watching on a, that on game. A touchdown reception. I think I want to bet on that. <laughs> uh huh. Classic backdoor win right there. Oh my god, dude! He totally caught that. <laughs> 
absolutely caught it. He was yes. celebrating. He was palming like, uh, the ball, yeah. and he stood up. And he just put it on the ground, and he stood up. Yeah, and the same thing with uh, um, who's the Dallas receiver, Des Bryant. That catch cost that, catch, Tony, that test cost Tony Romo a potential shot at the Super Bowl. Yeah, that was a catch, dude. Yeah, but, hey, but um, that. But that, uh, yeah. What do what do we know? We we do know that the Bears are horrible, and it's getting worse by the week. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, my Giants showing signs of life in the last week or so. Yeah, I mean, showing signs you know, of progress. I, I'm very surprised by that. They have been showing signs of progress. I, I will say though, watching that Giants Redskins game, I think the one biggest takeaway I have of that game is Alex Smith. There are moments in that game where Alex Smith looked like Alex Smith. I'm is not going to be you know? surprised if the Washington Football Club. A football team makes a big run right now. Yeah, that that actually that scares me about Washington is that Alex Smith is an unknown right now. Like he's he's a, when he's playing when he's playing good, he's a solid quarterback. Regardless of what anyone says, yeah, he wins games. Right. You know he he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. No, nope. he's solid, and I think he's a step. Like if he can play like he did in the past, he's a step up from from Haskins and yeah, Haskins uh, and Kyle Allen. Yeah, Kyle well, Allen. It, 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 and I think the biggest thing you get this week is he's going to have a full week of practice. And Washington doesn't have a lack of athletes. They actually have some talent on that team. I would, I, I, I'm, actually, I'm actually probably going to pit the Redskins up for the upset this week against the Lions. Wow. Uh, they're, they're a four-point underdog. And I'm, I'm just trying to decide whether I'm just going to take the four points or I'm going to make that a money line bet. Money line. So I might money always, line that bet. Always money line. I think we're gonna. I think I'm gonna money line that bet because I said uh, you watched Alex Smith, man. Yeah, you get tired of watching the checkdowns, but his decision making is so quick, is so yeah. smooth. Yeah. The offense was running. Yeah, he had a couple of turnovers. He's rusty. You know, give that experience, and I'll have a whole week of practice with the number ones. I think it's gonna look pretty good for Washington. I think that yeah. line is really off this week against the Lions. The Lions will just find a way to lose that game. Eventually, they might have the lead and they'll just lose the game in the fourth quarter, like they do every game. So we'll we'll see, man. I can never bet against Matt Stafford after we destroyed the Hawaii. I always bet against Matt Stafford. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't even really him. You know, it was. What was that, that guy's name? Was it Dana Howard? I think it was Dana Howard or something like that. The the, oh, the, the lineman, uh, lineman. The lineman, yeah. No, it was and and outside. No Sean Marino. No Sean Marino. Yep. Anyway. Well, I uh, want to want to thank the Dancy Queen for that. I mean, uh, her little con- contribution to our show uh, added to our segment. Yeah. So uh, feel free, anybody is listening, if you want to DM us and tell us what you think, DM us on our Instagram page at Voices for Blogging, and you too can get a nickname and uh, appear on the show in that way. I don't know if that's <laughs> incentive or not, but <laughs> it is for us. <laughs> We have we have interaction with an audience. That's amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. We value those greatly. <laughs> we will celebrate you anytime you said something to us, even if you're cussing us out. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, so overall for the week, you know, we ended up 10 and 10 with our overall record, two and two for the week. Uh, the way the tally goes after that week, uh, you're two and six for the season. Oh God! God <laughs> and damn. I am, and I am eight and four. God damn! <laughs> It'll get better, man. It'll get better. I'm telling uh, you, man, I'm, I'm I'm about to do a sixteen parlay. <laughs> get it all so, You know, the, it's such bad timing that you're going to Vegas this weekend because you're you're kind of on tilt a little bit. So. I expect to hear a story about some pretty big bet on some 14 parlay that would be very not advisable for most people to do, but you're going to do. 
I really, I actually, I, I disagree. I think it's actually a great time to go to Vegas because I got to win. <laughs> it's time. It's you're the, due. The, the classic, due. you're due. It's yeah. like looking at the roulette wheel and see six red numbers in a row. It's got to be black. It's got to be, be black. You know, I, I have a friend that does that actually. And the time that he's done that, he's won. So oh. cannot, <laughs> cannot argue about that. But uh, yeah, dude, it's just like, it's just like being 0 for 10 in baseball, dude. It just means you're due. <laughs> I'm going to go through know, three. I mean, th- this run kind of reminds me of, do you remember Anthony Young uh, for the New York Mets? Anthony this Young. Is back in, he no. was like back in 93, 90, 92, 93. In over two seasons, he had lost 27 consecutive decisions as a starting pitcher. Dang. I, I remember pitchers like that, but I don't remember this. Right. Game. So, yeah. So he, I mean, and he didn't pitch bad. His ERA over that time was less than four. It was just the Mets were so terrible. The yeah. Mets were so bad those two years. <laughs> They're historically bad. It's almost like the ground today. Like the dude pitches lights out and he only has a 500 record. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't catch a break, man. I mean, I, so hopefully with the new ownership, the Mets can kind of turn it around and with the money that he can infuse into, you know, into the payroll and just for the whole organization. You know, the old owners, I mean – they were still reeling from the Bernie Madoff scandal. Oh you know? yeah, that was. That was they awful. they never they never recovered from it, and you know neither has the team. How could you recover from that? If they got anything back, it was like pennies on the dollar. Yeah, what a mess. What a mess. Yep. So well, as a Mets fan, I'm hoping. I'm Sad, hoping. Yeah. I'm hoping. Yeah, maybe one day they can bring back Strawberry and Gooden and, you know. No, 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 man. <laughs> too, too much cocaine, man. Too much uh, cocaine. You know, I, I really wanted to read that book, actually. There was a book that was written about them. Yep. I want to say like 10 plus years ago now. And it basically detailed the story of that 86 team. And yep. uh, it, sounds, it sounds a lot like the early 90s Cowboys. It does. Same thing. <laughs> It, yeah. it's a story it's a story that just repeats itself in sports you know i mean money fame pressure you know drugs women you know all that stuff i mean it's it's you know it's a wash rinse and recycle kind of story that happens a lot in sports it still happens today but you know i mean good at good in and strawberry and of course sid fernandez are, are there the reasons why i was a met fan sid fernandez yeah i mean i think everyone in hawaii was a mets fan back then yeah i'm just the one that held on yeah back then i think i was a pirate fan then i traded to the giants and did a lot of roids. My head grew a couple sizes. So you essentially followed Barry Bonds over to the Giants, basically. Oh, yeah. 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 So, yeah. So that was our picks for the week. You know, uh, 10 and 10. Come on, buddy. Oh, that Come sounds on, buddy. terrible. Get on your run, man, so we can get on the plus side. Trust me. I'm, I'm, um, I'm going to get on one. Yep. Get on the run, man. Just a question of when. I mean, I, I, hit, I hit three parlays last week. Damn, dude. So, you know, it's just one of kind of one of those things where I'm like, man, like tonight, you know, tonight I, I made the pick of the Titans and I'll kind of talk about why I picked the Titans tonight. And of course it lost, but because of discipline, I didn't bet on it, but I, I like to pick, but I didn't bet on it. Cause I'm like, you know what, you know, I was three, I had three for three in parlays. And then I didn't play a parlay on Sunday that I just gave to my friend. I told him these are my picks and it hit. Uh, so it, actually I'm eight for last eight. So when I had this idea about picking the Titans tonight, like, I'm like, I just laid it down. I'm like, I got to be wrong at some point in time. And yeah. lo and behold, tonight was the night. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I was thinking the Titans too as well. You know, if you're going to lose when you gamble, it's good to get blown out. It and is. And you know, 
And you know when when when, when you what you expect to happen happens in the first half, and then it just goes horribly wrong in the second half. You know, that that's the part you're like, wow. <laughs> it turned so fast you know this yeah. we had that feeling it's kind of like when going back to our rg3 story like you know we just knew at some point in time that bet we made on the saints during rg3's debut in the aria sportsbook in vegas at some point in time we knew like this thing's not turning around you know as the chance of rg3 echo throughout the whole sportsbook I knew it from that one play action touchdown, like in the second quarter or whatever. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh you, my God. You, you just get that feeling. We're like, so what tonight when, they, when you know what, when there was a block kick and a, and a, and a scoop score, like, yeah. I mean, I, at that point I was like, this isn't happening, but yeah. I, I do have the, I do have the strategy with any team that plays the Ravens. Uh, a lot of times I'll bet against them at least in the first half of their next game. Because of the way the Ravens play, they just beat you up. Playing the Ravens right now, it's what the, what they do on offense now. It's very similar to what the academies do and all the type of blocking schemes that they do now. Uh, that they do at the at the academies and back at Georgia Tech when Paul Johnson was there. You know, teams are just beat up. So on a short week, I was like, hey, you know, uh, I'll bet on that. You know, because I've seen it happen so many times. Yeah. And Frank Reich did one of the best things he could do to help his defense. Kept his offense on the field. You know, yeah. time of possession, time of possession tonight for, for the Colts. I mean, they were really efficient on the field and eight o'clock and it was, but they kind of just put on a clinic, you know, I'm not sure the Titans are for real this year. You know, I, I, what you see tonight, I'm kind of like, man, I don't know how far they're going to go. Yeah. Crazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it's this, it's this year's NFL. If this year's NFL is anything, it is unpredictable in so many ways. This There's year's so NFL, this year, yeah, this year's NFL, this year's baseball, this year's basketball. Uh, it's just an unprecedented year, right? Yep. We got the NBA starting up very soon. I'm pretty sure LeBron's not going to play for about two months. <laughs> I mean, those guys, I, I'm actually worried for a lot of injuries in the NBA this year because they had very little time off uh, and they've been playing other than the, what, three months, I think, that they were off. Yeah. I mean, this sets up perfectly for the Golden State Warriors. They didn't make the playoffs. They got healthy. Yeah. LeBron ain't gonna play. They're gonna, they're gonna be able to get their stuff together early and take a big lead, you know, in, in, in conference really. Yeah. Because all the playoff all the playoff teams, they're still recovering. But all yeah. these teams that didn't make the playoffs, like the Brooklyn Nets yep. and, and the Warriors, this is gonna be a pretty strong year for both of those teams because they're fresh. They're fresh. Yeah, yeah. I think I they'll think be ready to go. Be- yeah, that's going to be a big, big key for them. You know, like even the Golden State Warriors, like all, although they only have Draymond, Clay, and Steph Curry now, like hey, don't forget, forget Wiggins. People don't forget, forget Wiggins. Don't forget played, Wiggins. Yeah, when they played, oh, that's true. They got Wiggins too. When they played the Raptors in the finals, yes, sir. If the Golden State Warriors didn't lose Clay Thompson in Game Six, <laughs> they might have won that game. They would have won that game. They would have won the game. I, I think so too. That would have won the Game Seven. And anything would, can happen. Their team anything is that, can happen in game sevens. Yeah. Any game sevens, anything can happen. Clay was heating up that game. He started to kind of become the hot clay. He was, he was heating up, he, yeah. And then he just landed awkwardly, and that was that. Yeah, it's it's that injuries, right? I mean, even even that one year, I think it was 2015 when the Golden State Warriors won the championship. People yep. forget that Kevin Love was hurt. Kyrie Irving yep. was hurt. It was only LeBron. And even with just LeBron, they won two games. Like, yep. He willed that team to two games. He right. that, that guy is that guy is amazing. No, he is amazing, and he he proved it again in, in this year's finals. And you know now he has the tandem, 
you know, a very, a very good partner with him at the LA Lakers. So, cause technically is AD a free agent right now? He is, isn't he? Technically. He might, I think he has a player option, right? Right. So he, I, you would expect him to kind of uh, extend his contract when free agency starts. I believe that starts on the 22nd, I think is when all the free agency starts and all, all, you know, trades can be consummated. Yeah. Um, oh, is, is, he, uh, yeah is he a free agent? I believe so. I believe so. I, I believe he has the he has the right to become a free agent if he wants to be. So, so he could also sign on for another year. He could, right? But it's Fair his option. choice. Yeah. But it's his choice. So it's gonna be interesting. I don't see him leaving LA. I think uh, you know when you're successful as a Laker like this, and and you're a big part of them winning. Yeah, I, it's, I, it's, a, it's a it's LA man. It's the Lakers, man. You ain't gonna leave the Lakers. Yeah. So he has a player option. He can opt out, but. Yep. Yeah, you know, I, like yeah. you got such a good, you got a good situation here. It's LA. Yep, a lot of other opportunities if you want them. Yep, they just want a championship. Yep, I don't, I yep. don't see him leaving. But then again, no, I don't. Crazier things have happened. Crazier things that happen, completely. He could just go to Miami and go win one with Miami next year. For all we know, he could. I mean, Miami's got a solid, solid up and coming team. They got a solid base. They do need one more star. Yeah, they need one, one more star. Yep. One more guy. One more star guy that can coexist with Jimmy Butler. Yeah. And and that's that. Yep. So, but. So, uh, did did you watch the Masters today? I I watched a little bit. I was more tracking the scores because today was my uh, cooking day at my uh, client, my private cooking clients. So I go there every Thursday to kind of cook his meals for the week. Oh, nice. So I kind of I kind of just uh so I kind of just trace uh, I just kind of track it tiger played well tiger played really well he's in contention right now he's tied for third four strokes. he is he four is under. four under the leader shambo d shambo is gonna be the guy everyone's gonna be watching this whole tournament with his 48 uh, inch driver you know he's going for distance he doesn't care about the dispersion he'll deal with hitting out of the rough you know that's that's the strategy he's going with right now he's just yeah. going he's going for as long as he can go and just deal with the rough I want to see how that's going to work out, actually. I mean, it's worked out okay so far this year. Uh, but, of course, you saw the trouble he got into today a few times. Yeah. I mean, literally, literally bushwhacking. He got in trouble today. But, you know, I like guys that shake it up. I like guys that try different things. There's a lot of, you know, as far as biomechanics go and some of the things that go on with sports performance, you know, some of the, some of the stuff lines up. It does. It's just that you got to be willing with dealing with the bad shot, which – he has pretty often at times. Yeah, no, I, I think to move things forward, just in sports or in anything in general, you have to try things that are not conventional, right? I mean, back in back in the day in yeah, basketball, right, the two-handed set shot was the shot before some guy tried the one-handed yeah. shot, right? And then that became the dominant thing. And you know, before in basketball again, like everything was about like layups and mid-range. Now it's about thirty-foot three-pointers. So yep. things evolve and things no, change. I mean, and I think you got to try to do different things. <sighs> What you do, right, when you try different things, other things may come of that, right? The thing you might be trying might not be the thing that lasts, but some other innovation is going to come because of it. Yeah. You know, I, I look at performance training. I look at what I do, you know, in my athletic training world. Like, there's so much change since, God, since the time I left college, since we left college to now in the way I do things. And wait, wait, hold on. Things of thought. I left college last year. When uh, did you leave college? You left college. Actually, you left college one year after me, so I'll give you that. I left college. No, I didn't. I left college last year, dude. 
My my arches my arches uh, magazine came in the mail the other day. Wow, really? I don't think I got one yet. Uh, I flipped through it for about you know three or four pages, and uh, yeah, threw it away. That's good. Moving on, man. Interesting thing since our last uh, episode. Uh, a lot of things happening in the world shortly after our episode. A lot of things happening. Basically, they assumed a. Well, no, I shouldn't say assumed, but it's been. I don't even know what word to use here, but Biden is going to be our next president. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he is. And Trump's, you know, as predicted, you know, Trump's going to drag this out as long as he can. And, you know, in some of the states, rightfully so, you know, in some, a lot of those yeah. state laws in some of the states, you know, if it's half a percent or one percent, you, you are allowed to ask for recount and he should. Yeah, I don't, I don't see any problems with asking for recounts. I don't see any problems with making sure that the election was secure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think what's not good is when you make a lot of uh, I guess accusations or statements that you know have nothing substantial, I guess, behind it. I think that's, mm-hmm. that's not good. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I mean, it, you know, but it's in true Trump fashion that that's how he's doing it, right? That's- it's in true Trump fashion. He's uh he's been consistent, and in that sense, it's predictable. Yeah, you know, so uh, you know, you, you just kind of let him have his little tantrum, and we'll move on with things. You know, more importantly, we got news about—I shouldn't say more importantly, but in some ways, it is. You know, we got a little positive news about the Pfizer vaccine and its potential ninety percent effective rates, yeah, which is promising. But, you know, I think we cautioned that news with understanding that mass distribution of that probably doesn't reach everyday people to potentially probably till the summer of next year. And the safety part of the trials need to be run still. Yes. You know, here, here, the, here, the after effects. Yeah. So here's my question about that 90%. And I didn't really look into this. I had glanced at something that said that the trial was, I don't know, like a couple hundred people. Um, but I had also heard from uh, someone else that, Actually, the trial was actually pretty large. It's so, large in the tens of thousands. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that's a lot more, I think, definitive, I think, than had it been a small group of people, obviously. Right. Yeah, because yeah, I, 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 I'm just pulling that off the top of my head because I remember that when they were enrolling people in these trials, the numbers they were talking about needing to have enrollment in is about 60,000 or somewhere wow. between thirty to 60,000. So whether that happened in this case or they're announcing the numbers off the first 100, maybe that's where the 100 came from. Yeah, I got to look into it too. But in the end, there's just more information we still need from these guys. You know, you know we want to see two months from now, those people that took, the, that took the vaccine, do they have side effects? You know, and maybe by the time, maybe by the time it hits circulation into the general population, that's going to be about six to nine months after these people have been treated. So then we'll have a better idea if uh, they had any side effects. And that might convince people to be a little bit more amiable to actually taking the vaccine because I think, that, I, I think most people I talk to don't want to take it. Really? Yeah. They're just worried about because they're worried about the efficacy of it. Huh. Or the safety of it uh, as far as long-term, long-term safety, any kind of long-term side effects. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I mean, obviously, I'm not a biology major, but yeah, I think I'm going to stop there. <laughs> I'm not going to speculate. I'm not going to speculate. You are, you are in the land where anti-vaxxing came from, so. <laughs> really? Oh, California? Oh, well. So, 
Yeah, no, I'm not. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're not gonna go there. No, but <laughs> I, I think I think, but I think that I think people to decide not to take the vaccine now. It's a little different from that movement. I think it's a little bit. I think for it's reasonable for people to wonder how safe it is because we've never developed a vaccine this fast before. That's been that's going to get distributed right. to such a such a huge huge population. Right, but but the vaccine is the, it's to basically develop an antibody response, right? Isn't that what it is? It, I could be wrong. It's going to create it's going to create the response we need to fight to kind of fight what's you know what's going on. Or basically, you're going to have the antibodies. Right. I thought that was pretty. I thought that there's not much that can go wrong there because basically you're introducing like the virus's dead like RNA, right? And based on that, that's what your body is using to build a to build a response to. You're gonna get an immune response. So, so like yeah. one of the things you, you hear a lot of people say, and this is of course my limit my limited knowledge on this too, but you think about the flu vaccine. You know how some people feel a little kind of groggy or they'll get a low grade fever after right. a flu vaccine because you're essentially that's actually a good sign that the vaccine's working. Right, because your body you're is get, responding. You're, get, you're, getting, you're getting that response, so the body kind right. of builds up the immunity. You know, it's kind of one of those things where this 90% number is huge because the flu vaccine, depending on the year, could yeah. run as low as 60%, 50% effectiveness. Huh, interesting. So this nine, this why, that's why everyone got so hot and bothered about it. And then moving, moving forward into stuff we talk about more, which is the markets, the way the market moved that day, to me, Bigly. yeah, that to me, to me, the way the market moved, uh, that was just a bunch of short covering. It reminded me of the financial crisis right. when we could get a positive piece of news and all the all the banks would run in the early part of the morning, yep. and then give back a lot of its gains by the end of the day, and that's what it did that day. The market popped all up to uh, the Dow yeah. popped up fourteen hundred points, I believe, if not more. And then, and then it finished at 8.95, and as and then it's slowly giving some of it back. And the Nasdaq, all, the Nasdaq got hit hard because, of course, people started running out of the stocks that uh, that did well during COVID times, thinking that this is all of a sudden going to flip a switch and everything's going to be great. You know, we got two quarters left of bad COVID news. Yeah, you know, two quarters yeah, I, left of earnings for these companies like like Zoom and CrowdStrike and Peloton and all these guys to still execute in a Christmas season that these yep. COVID, these COVID winners are probably going to win during, you know, you look at the, the airline stocks, their stocks went up and then they came back down banks, pretty quickly. Bank went, the banks went up and went down. You know, and you're right. Right. They all did. And so those, that's not healthy market movement. That's, that's movement that says you got no support on the upside, which is why in that last episode, I was saying the market feels a little toppy and I was okay taking some profits. I was a day early. But I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being a day early, because I, you know, you can't never complain about taking profits, you know. No, you cannot. It's like my sister says, there's nothing wrong with taking money off the table. There's nothing. You can always come back. You can wait for another entry point and come back in. Yeah. You know, that's. But it's going to be volatile. It's going to continue to be a little volatile. But I think in the end, by the end of the year, the market will be up from from where it is now. Historically, November is a great month in the market. Yeah, November, December. I think like that's why I think actually crypto will be up too. Right. And that's why, that's kind of why I'm excited to get my, my account started and, you know, uh, get that, get that episode going where we start my crypto account. I can't wait. That's going to be great. Oh, we got to do that. We got to get you in now, man. Yep. You know, and, and, and the disciplined way to do it is to buy a little at a time. And, 
if it runs on that little that I buy, then great. It's still making money. Better than a sharp stick in the eye, you know? Yeah. You don't want to be disciplined, though. You want to go all in. <laughs> bad, bad idea, man. By the way, I'm, my record is hey. six, by the way. So. Hey. Hey, by the way, that's only when we're playing Gao after sports betting all day. <laughs> and then that thousand... And then $1,000 bet on one hand of Pai Gao comes out. No, no. Pai Gao, you're supposed to slow play it. That's a, that's a time killer. Do you remember Do you remember that time at the Flamingo where... I do not. You were laying four-digit bets on Pai Gao. No? Was I doing that really? Yes. I had moments where I was like, Royce, Royce, you need to stop. Because you were winning. So I was like, dude, take the money and run. Take the money and run. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember that, dude. It's just another day uh, for me. I, I think it was the same day as the UH UNLV game where we were yelling, let them score, let them score. Well, for the they're, they're, yeah, see, that's, that's <laughs> the problem, probably. That's we were, yeah, we definitely weren't um, fully. Uh, I was not all together there, at that point in sure. night. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> so. That was a fun game, though. It was. That was a fun but game. Yeah, man. That was a it fun was. Game. I mean, you know, and we capped off with, you know, because that was a Sugar Bowl year, wasn't it? That was a Sugar Bowl year. Yeah. I still have uh, an extra ticket for the game. My dad was going to go. He didn't want to go or he couldn't make it. So I have the ticket, actually. I have it in a case somewhere. Somewhere. Uh, one of the greatest moments in Hawaii sport history, even though they never asked. Ass never never going to happen again. Nope. No chance. Never going to happen again. Once in a lifetime, man. Once in a lifetime, that's where we went. That's where we all went. I think everyone that went that year knew this was it. Everybody let's went. En- let's enjoy were, this. I, were, I ran into people I hadn't seen in like years. Years. In New Orleans, Absolutely. of all places. Yeah. I don't know. I had some of my greatest casino runs though on that trip, man. It's better than Georgia defense. Yeah, yes, they did. Yeah. Well, you know, it's what happens when your quarterback's hung over, you know? So stuff like that happens. I mean, we don't want to talk about that, though. All I'll say is I hope he gets his life together, man. It's it's kind of sad. What is he doing? Uh, he's just struggling, man. He's he's struggling. Is he in Hawaii? Yeah, he's here. Huh. Yeah. So, wish him well, but you know, hopefully he get he gets the help he needs and kind of gets his life on track. It's tough. Drugs, man. drugs and alcohol, man. It's tough. It's tough, dude. I mean, there definitely. I'm sure there's other other things going on behind that. Usually, that's that's what it is, right? And yep. Yep. Nothing yep. anyone can do. Like just like uh Delonte West. Yep. Right? I mean, he's actually he's he's a little bit luckier, I think, because Mark Cuban got him okay. to a addiction center. Yep. yep. Uh but it's I mean nah, man. I mean dr- you know, substance abuse is it's ugly, man. You know, and it's, I don't wish that I don't wish that upon anybody and all those people that are battling that on a daily basis, you know, it really it's a battle for in for the rest of their lives and you know, there's no easy answer to it. There's no toughing it out. It's it really is that day by day existence, and you know, those, hopefully everyone that's struggling with that, you know, finds the other side in the right way, in the best way they can. Yeah, that's so. So yeah, I got serious, man. <laughs> that's so dark. That got a little heavy. You know, back. You know, I mean, we were talking about serious stuff. We were talking about, you know, the vaccine. We we're talking about COVID and. You know, we're we're just living in these times now, man. You know, we got we got the highest case, the daily highest daily case counts than, than we ever had, and you know, it's not gonna go away. It's 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 not gonna go down anytime soon. It's only gonna go. It's gonna go up. 
you have your second round of lockdowns going yeah. on all over the place on the, on the mainland where you are on the continental U.S. right now. Yeah, I think we're definitely, I mean, California is headed towards a, another stay at home. I'm pretty sure. It's, uh, I don't really think that people understand exponential growth. And I think that's one of the reasons why <laughs> people aren't uh, as you know, focused on taking down the curve. Because exponential growth, man, like once it gets out of control, it's out of control. Out of control. Like you, you're talking about like ex- an explosion. Yep. Well, I think I think one of the best ways to show exponential growth maybe is to show everybody Wayne's World, and that that one that one scene where, you know, then where he's talking about telling one person and when that person tells another person, and all of a sudden the whole screen's full of, uh, you know, Mike Myers's face. I don't know if you remember that clip in Wayne's World, but I never saw that movie because I was not even born yet. Oh, shut the front door. <laughs> I, I don't remember what that scene exactly. But it's, on, it's one of those moments where right now, where, you know, we talked about this a little in the last episode that, you know, I know the, you, can, you feel like the market is looking past these next two months too, though, because they, they've already assumed this was coming. You know, the, you know they've, they've assumed this, these two to three months were coming. You know, and that's what some of the sell-off in, in, in September and October was about, so. I mean, obviously the market is. Because we're at all-time highs case counts and we're at near all-time highs in the market. That's the only yeah. thing that makes sense. That's the only way to make sense of that, really. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really going to be interesting to see, I think, what happens in the next six months. For me, that's going to be the, the most interesting thing because I really do think that just like what happened after 1918, mm-hmm. when they had the Roaring Twenties, I think you're going to see the same thing where people are going to want to get out there like people who have been stuck at home for what nine six months now seven yeah. months eight months not eight eight months and it's one of those things it's amazing because as much as that's true that when the day comes that we all feel safe to do the things we want to do we're going to do it and of course there's other people that already felt safe so that's why they've been doing what they've been wanting to do for the last two months yeah. which has kind of led to these numbers but you know like I love travel. I love traveling. I just, I just don't know. I can't even imagine the day where I'm taking my my family on a trip somewhere. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't even imagine that day right now. I can't even see what that day. That day doesn't look like it's coming anytime soon. Yeah. You know, let alone meeting you in Vegas so we can, you know, do our normal things in Vegas. But yeah, it's gonna be interesting. We'll we'll kind of see how this all plays out. And I'll, I will say this, you know, as an entrepreneur having learned now how to handle running a business in this environment, it's, it's the weirdest thing that you kind of figure it out. Now you kind of figure out how to make it happen. So so like here we have this tiered system to reopen. My partner and I were talking about like, you know, as long as we don't go down in tiers and have more restrictions, we, we know how to operate in this environment now. Is it optimal? Do we have the, the most income we could ever get? No, but, you know, we can get it where it's a little more than surviving at this point. Yeah, I, I really think that, uh, especially small businesses, I mean, I guess any business at this point, like if you can make it through this period at the end, you know, at the end of this this whole pandemic, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for growth. I mean, this is honestly, I think this is a perfect time to start a business. I think so. And I think you're also in an environment where you're going to get, you get assistance by the government to kind of to kind of keep things going. Hope, hopefully. Oh, wait. No, we have. I mean, between PPP, between idle loans, between grants that the municipalities are offering, it's a lot of support. You know, like for, uh, you know, I can say on my end, 
you know, like things like some rent reimbursement has happened, uh, some reimbursement of some costs associated with COVID and some costs for switching things in my business because of COVID. You know, there's a grant that I'm applied for for the state of Hawaii here that, you know, I'm waiting for my approval. But, you know, there are things out there to support us. Of course, we'd like, you know, you'd like to get more because this is so unprecedented, but it's also unprecedented for the government to give this much support. I, I think it depends on where you are. I mean, I, I definitely think that one thing that the government really messed up on is that if they really wanted to shut the fires down in the beginning and they really wanted businesses to close down and all those things, they should have provided a little bit more for those businesses and for, for those people. Even now with, you know, with the second stimulus basically in limbo now, you know, who knows whether going to happen. We talked about that, right? We, yeah, we, we talked we, about we're, that, we're, right? Like, we're, talk, we're talking March, right? We're, we're, we're predicting March, right? Yeah. You know, like it's a lot of these business, a lot of these small businesses aren't going to make it. And those, those people that are not going to make it, like those are, those are real people. Like they have to make a choice between like defying government orders now and possibly surviving or not making it at all. You know, you, you had, you've had the states and the municipalities that were, had, had a higher risk tolerance, we'll just say, to put it nicely, uh, during these COVID times. And, you know, and, and some of them are now experiencing some of the backlash from that. You know, like Utah was a state where they let sports go. They were letting sports happen and they're doing all these things. And yet we, we had like football players from here move to Utah. Volleyball players moved to Utah to play their high school season. But, but look where Utah is now, where they're in, a, they're in a lockdown position now, you know? So it's kind of one of those things where it's challenging because every time you feel like maybe it's okay to do a little bit more things and kind of loosen up a little bit, you, you kind of get pushed back down a little bit. The virus reminds you, you know, like I, I was talking to my client today, uh, my client that I was cooking for today, he has family up in, in Washington, it's in Seattle, and um, his grandson's coach tested positive for Pop Warner football. Or for tag uh, flag football. Yeah. Like that's all it takes. Yeah. You know, he's positive. So now everyone has to get tested. And, you know, a couple other people got, were positive as a result. And it spreads the exponential growth thing again. Exponential growth. Yep. And so, you know, I get it. I get everybody wanting to get back to normal, wanting to play youth sports and all those kind of things. But when they make the comparison to college sports and youth sports, I'm like, college sports have the capacity to test. Yeah. When you play community sports, they can't test. They're, you don't have the capacity to test yet. So I think not until we get that $1, not even just the $5 uh, Abbott lab test, so there is a $1 test that's being kind of developed right now where it's a $1 yeah. rapid test sure, that everyone can, everyone can have at home <laughs> and, you know, and do that and test daily and test before they do something. Is it perfect? No, but it's a lot more than we ever had so far. Yeah. I think that's what people mis misunderstand is that like, you're not going to get perfect. You're not going to get perfect. No. Something that's good enough is good enough at this right. point. If we have a low cost test that you can test every single day, you know, when, if you do turn positive, you can pull yourself out of circulation as fast, you know, faster than you ever could. Cause yep. you would, you know, you'd know in five, 15 or 10 minutes, like the, yeah. the rap, the rapid test I have at my clinic just for my own personal use. Mm -hmm. I know in 15 minutes, if I'm positive or, if somebody wants to work out or spend time with us is positive. Yeah. Wow. Nice. So it's one of those things where, is it the most efficient one? No, because we only know at that period of time if you're positive, but that's where the questions come in. Have you been in contact with people? Have you felt funny? You know, and we know it's more accurate probably three or five days after your exposure, 
but you know because those are typically when you're going to get your symptoms if you yeah. get them but you know it's again better than nothing yep better than nothing man and anything at this point is 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 positive <laughs> yeah and you should see the relief on these people's faces that you know like my friends or something that want to use a test because they came in contact with someone yeah you know the, re- the relief they feel when they they know they don't have to wait three days for the result and they know if they need to come back and get another test and i can give them another test but you know it's just one of those things where there's the, the mental health side of all this is is so man we're gonna pay the price for this for so long on the mental health side it's one thing i don't really think about too much but definitely it's there's gonna be a huge cost sure. you know look at the look at the substance abuse stuff we talked about right alcoholism is pro it, it uh, you, people allude to the fact that they say alcoholism is up. I, you know, I, I'm not sure if that's a if that's a official stat, but it definitely seems that way. There's definitely yeah. there's definitely more people drinking at home and drinking at home more. And look at Sam Adams. Look at the stock of Boston Beer Company. That thing's yeah. flying through the roof. No, I mean it's definitely a fact that alcohol sales are up. You know that they don't need the bars to be open or sports stadiums to be open, and and alcohol sales are up. It's cheaper. Yeah. Buy it at home. It's cheaper. Yep. <laughs> sure is, man. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. We'll, we'll yeah. see. We'll see what 2021 is like and we'll see, you know, how moderate Biden will be in office. And cause it seems from his reputation that he's definitely more moderate than he is far left. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. But we we'll see. We don't need far left, man. Yeah, we, we don't need far left. We don't need far right. Need. Yep. But you know, I, I put a post up on our on our Instagram page about binge watching uh, the West Wing, and it's fascinating to watch because the things they talked about twenty years ago on the West Wing, same. It really wasn't that. It really wasn't that different, even though it seems like it was. So you know, they've been ta- they were talking. You know, they they talk a lot about the far left, the far right, and how moderates get run over. You know, and the moderates don't get to you know get their way. And you know, a lot of people when they look back at Obama's administration, they say the same thing happened to him Obama. when he was running. When he was running, he was trying to fashion himself more moderate and try to you know walk the middle of the aisle and, and kind of talk to both sides. And yeah, you know, he made some enemies on the on the left, you know, because of that. And eventually, he swung probably more left than he advertised he was initially, but. It's fascinating, though, when I watch the West Wing, you know, it's kind of the same thing. You know, these issues of, you know, women and, and pay and, you know, of course, racial profiling and racism and all these inequities. You know, 20 years ago, I, I look back and I'm like, God, how much has it changed? I feel like sometimes not, not much it really has changed. You yeah, know, how politics, really, it's, that's the sad part of all this, right? When you see people get all up in arms during the election, I'm like, that's cool. You get all up in arms, but <laughs> at the same time, when you look back for the last 20 years, nothing really has changed. So what makes you think it's going to happen now? Well, it's a little inspiring, though. You know, it's good writing, right? It's Aaron Sorkin, right? So it's good writing. It's going so, to be a good story, man. That's what they all... That's what all those shows are about, man. Good stories. Yeah. Good stories. You know, and, you know, it's not so much about being historically accurate, but it is a snapshot to what life was like back then when we were basically... When you and I were getting out of school, essentially. <laughs> Whoa. Slow down. <laughs> Slow down, buddy. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see, man. We'll see how this all plays out. But uh, it's, it's been interesting. Yeah. I think anytime we get a chance to play some office, we should, though. Uh, you know, getting into crypto and doing all these other things with your money. Just yeah. finding ways to grow where we can. Yeah. You got to find upside, man. 
you got to find upside, but you know, it's about growth, right? I mean, life is about growth as a whole, right? Whether it's incremental personal growth or professional growth, financial growth, whatever it is. I mean, you can't, you can't stop growing. Yep. And you know, which means you got to keep looking. You got to keep looking though. You got to yeah. keep looking. You have to keep evolving. Like if you're not growing, you're di- you're dying, right? I mean, find your, find your, find your creases where, you know, if you're running back, running to that offensive line, find daylight and run to it, man. So with that, I think we probably should sign off. That's, then we went over a good amount. Uh, we'll be posting our picks. Uh, Royce is going to be in Vegas, so he's going to be plus of us. I will. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll be taking some money back with me. Let's hope so. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, man. You got anything else for us here, Royce? I don't got anything else, man. Yeah, I'm, I think that's going to be it for us today. Thanks for listening, everybody. Look forward to our next episode. And... Be well. See you guys later.